All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you've not had a chance to check out our first book, 13-Step Guide to Success, it is available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback versions. Give us a chance. Check it out. Give us a review. If you're a new listener, we appreciate you joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps and on our YouTube channel, The Underscore Misfit Nation. That's The Underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with the latest episodes of The Misfit Nation and also allow you to hear the amazing stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is an entrepreneur, speaker, and the host of the top-rated podcast, The Growth Now Movement. He has been named to the top eight podcaster to follow by Inc. Magazine, featured in Thrive Global, and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. His podcast has grown to become a podcast that is currently getting played in over 100 countries every single week, and he has gone on to help countless people grow their brands and business through podcasting. So without further ado, let's welcome Justin Shank. How are you, Justin? Brother, I am doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I appreciate you agreeing uh, to send, spend some of your time with us here on the Misfit Nation and tell us a little bit about your story. So with that, I mean, if you want to tell us how you got into podcasting and how long it took you to grow it up the way it is now. Yeah, man. So I've, I've been podcasting for six years. Fun fact. So right now we're chatting on March 14th. Uh, tomorrow will be the six-year anniversary of the launch of, of my podcast, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I didn't realize that I, I just saw on my time hop today that was like, tune in tomorrow for the first episode of, you know, as you post over social media and all that crazy stuff. So it's been a wild ride. And, and to kind of put into context uh, to people listening, what has happened over those six years, right? So when I started podcasting, I would tell people that I had a podcast and their response would be, what's a podcast? Uh, and now I tell people I have a podcast and they go, oh God, you have one too, right? And so the, the platform itself has blown up. And I love that because of just the impact and the connection that you can make with the show. So um, to tell you my personal journey and getting into it in the whys, you know, I, the original idea behind the podcast was to sit down with entrepreneurs and pick their brain, because at this point I had three failed businesses and I was like, clearly I'm doing something wrong. Um, so let me get an education. And the original idea was let me interview entrepreneurs who've done it and figured it out so I can then implement those things. And what ended up happening was six months before I launched the show, my mom lost a 20 year battle to opioids. Uh, and that completely shifted my perspective of life and everything that I was quote unquote chasing and all these other things. Uh, and I realized that life was so much more about the moments being fulfilled, even in your rock bottom moments, uh, and not so much about the things that we could go collect the house, the cars, the girls, you know, everything society says we should go chase after. And that's really what I was doing before. And so uh, that begun the journey of the Growth Now movement. And, and what ended up shifting, I still in, interviewed some of the coolest entrepreneurs and still do and celebrities and all these really neat people. Um, but the conversation is a little bit different. It's a little bit deeper, right? And, and we get down into the nitty gritty of how'd you overcome those rock bottom moments? And how did you find self-love and, and self-worth and all these things? And uh, it really became my tutorial for life. Uh, and I started to learn and implement those things into my own life. And I've gone on to be able to do some really cool things with my show and my businesses and all the things in between. Awesome. I mean, happy anniversary, uh, a day early here, but uh, on, on Pi Day here, it's your anniversary tomorrow. So that's, that's a, a great thing to have. And six years, uh, I read the, when I started out, most uh, podcasts don't make it past their 10th episode because people just don't have that drive to keep moving or, or they have this belief structure that tells them they need to stop because not everyone likes them. How do you think, uh, I mean, I, how did you over, uh, overcome that? And how do you think others can overachieve, overcome being a limited believer? 
Yeah, dude, there, there's so much there to unpack, right? Like, in, and to kind of go into my own journey, I didn't realize what podcasting was, right? I was just, I bought a course online uh, that taught me how to record and upload and I started doing it. And I didn't, I thought, you know, like most people, I'd put the show out there and a ton of people would show up and start listening. And the reality is now after I've done the research and have become a master in podcasting is that 80% of shows do less than a hundred downloads per episode. Um, and so the main thing in podcasting and the way to play the long game is number one, curb your expectations, right? To understand that, um, you know, it's okay, even if one person's listening. Um, I also realized that if I could change one person's life, I'll keep showing up, right? And I'll keep showing up. And, and that kind of hit me, you know, square in the face, actually. I was about 40 or so episodes in, uh, doing about 40 to 100 downloads an episode, depending on the guests and the topic. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm doing all this work literally every week. All People don't realize, right? You sit down, you got to record, then you got to edit, then you got to post, then you got to come up with show notes. I was doing all this stuff and it just wasn't blowing up like I thought it was going to. Uh, and what ended up happening was somebody reached out to me from Japan and said, because of your show, I decided not to take my life. Wow. And I realized in that moment that I'm always going to show up, even if it's one person that is, is paying attention, right? So it had nothing to do ever from a standpoint of like my ego, because I was a real terrible interview when I started. Like I was, I was terrible. Uh, I would trip over my words, which I still do, by the way, six years later, uh, I would mispronounce the guest names. And like, I remember that I used to do live intros like you, by the way, you knocked it out of the park. Um, I used to do live intros and mess it up and say the wrong book name and the wrong guest name. And so I decided I now post record the intros, you know, 420 episodes later. Um, but I think the realistic thing is, um, to understand that we can't compare ourselves to others, right? To answer your question of these limiting beliefs, of, oh, what if people judge me? What if I, I don't blow up like Joe Rogan and, and so on and so forth, right? Um, so stop comparing yourself to others and start being yourself. And when I, when I tell you that 80% of shows do less than 100 downloads an episode, so let's say 80 downloads per episode. If you were a public speaker, you'd show up to a room every single week if there are 80 people there. Oh, yeah. So why not show up, you know, with your podcast? And, and realistically, the long-term game of podcasting is showing up, being consistent, and pouring into your audience and, and people will begin to show up for you. Uh, yes, there are those limiting beliefs that we have to overcome. And that's something that we can speak to more if you'd like. Um, but that happens in all areas of our life, right? Like the podcast or the next platform or the book you want to release or whatever. That's just your excuse uh, of that's, what, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough, right? Um, but you have to be able to overcome any limiting belief to show up in the world, to show up in your relationships, to show up in your friendships, to show up in, in your business and as an employee, whatever the case may be, you have to really overcome those limiting beliefs. And, and by the way, we all have them. I still have them. My, my friends still have them. The incredible people I interview still have them. Um, but the, the goal is to show up, just show up. Be present and do, do what you're passionate about, I think, and get that thing, get that foot forward. Uh, I like that you said, show up to one person. And on this show here, uh, we have a pretty good uh, veteran of uh, uh, fan base. So getting to, getting to one of them to make them not make that uh, final uh, decision to make a, permanent solution to a temporary problem that's a success to me here just like you said one person that's a light and that, that's why I, I always turn on and, and I'll get as many guests as I can that can give them motivation like yourself or even the people that have been on a journey like they are and have succeeded to get past the demons and go forward that's what I'm this is all about here yeah a hundred percent man and, and that's and that's what it's become for me. And obviously I've been, I've been fortunate enough to get some really cool accolades and the show does really, really well now. You know, we have over, we have over like 2.3 million downloads, you know, lifetime of the show. And I, I just feel really, really blessed. But, you know, a lot of the times, to be honest, I'm showing up for myself. Like if I were to look at the first two years of the podcast, all those conversations were for me. 
I was lost. You know, when my mom passed away, I went on a three month bender where I was blackout drunk six nights a week. Wow. Uh, and I was, you know, numbing the pain and escaping it. And finally I, I sat down and I felt that pain and then I was able to move forward. And here was my big realization with that. We decide when our rock bottom moment is. We have to make an, uh, an obvious cut off in life and go, this is my rock bottom moment. And by saying that doesn't mean bad things are, aren't going to happen to you um, because they do like bad things still happen to everybody, right? Like look at the world that we live in right now, which yes. is, which is absolute bonkers. Um, but, but bad things happen. Uh, but it's up to us to decide that we're not going to allow ourselves to react negatively to those things. Like I did for three months when my, when my mom passed away. And so as we look at that, that really decide, we, we start with a decision. And, and, you know, I think about that person who messaged me, uh, that was them deciding this is my rock bottom moment. You know, when you realize that you might be on the edge of taking your own life and you say, I'm not going to do that. You've just decided that you've hit your rock bottom moment. And the cool thing about rock bottom moments that people don't realize is that's our jumping off point. That's our catapult to go to the next level. Right. And, and there are plenty of people who don't define their rock bottom moments and they hit the next one, the next one, the next one. And my mom's a great example of that. Right. My mom hated herself since childhood uh, and she numbed the pain with pills. Um, and that's what ended up ultimately taking her life. And so she decided to not define her rock bottom moment and then move forward uh, with her life. And that a lot of that, that's why I had those conversations of self-love and, you know, finding fulfillment in those rock bottom moments, because I realized I was not on the same trajectory of my mother, but because as a child, I was never taught self-love. I didn't love myself. Uh, and that's where my journey began. And, and I had to do the work in order to find a way to love myself. Uh, and so once I defined that rock bottom moment, I was then able to begin to put the pieces together to build the foundation of what my life is and, and take business aside, right? Like business is cool. Like I've done some really cool things in business, but more than anything, the cool part that I've done is I've begun to love myself and I've begun to be, I've begun to accept myself for who I am. And, and I realize that I'm a light to the world. And so are you. And so is everybody listening. We just have to flip that switch and realize that we are those people. Outstanding, Anthony. That's a great, that's a great way to put that right there. And we all have to, you actually have to identify when you bounce and hit that ground and, and know that's, <clears throat> excuse me, your rock bottom and, and to move back, like you said, a catapult to move to a, a further success and be the light for someone else to say, Hey, I was able to succeed when others thought that I was really done. But in my mind, I was able to bounce back and use the advice I've been given and the gifts that I've been given to bring joy to others and actually help myself as I do that. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And look, like the life that I live is a gift. I, you know, if you look at my life and the past that I've lived, I shouldn't be where I am. Um, I jokingly say that if there's a senior superlative in high school for least likely to succeed, it would have been me uh, at a 1.7 GPA. My mom at that point was in the middle of her opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. Wow. And so all signs point to you've got no shot. And right. as we talk about limiting beliefs, we realize I started to do some research in the, from the beginning of COVID on because I realized I still had these limiting beliefs in my life and I needed to overcome them. But the first thing we need to do is where do these limiting beliefs come from? And after doing some research and, and realizing some things, I found that they come from four main places. One uh, is childhood, right? It could be as simple as you're walking down the mall with your mom uh, and she runs into a college buddy and they get all excited and you're, oh my gosh, and you hide behind your mom's leg and they go, oh, that's just rich. He's just shot. Yeah. That simple sentence can implant in your brain and all of a sudden you're going to believe that you're shy the remainder of your life, right? So something as simple as that could implant that from childhood. The second thing is society. If you look at my life, uh, they actually, society says that if your parent's an addict, you have a 50% chance of being an addict. And if your parent's in jail, you have a 50% chance of ending up in jail. 
well, I'm hundred percent screwed if you do the math, <laughs> right? Uh, and so you look at that. And so society said, Justin, you aren't going to succeed and that's okay. You should accept mediocrity and you should be okay with that, right? And society implants that on me. They, they do that with gender. They do that with race. They do that with all these things saying, because of who you are, you can't do certain things. The third place, um, is our own limiting beliefs, that negative self-talk, those things that we say to ourselves, right? It could be as simple as, you know, we ask that girl or we ask that guy out and they, they say no. And then we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, oh man, you're ugly. That girl didn't tell you that you're ugly. You're telling yourself that, right? right. But we start to implant those things. And then the fourth thing uh, is our, our subconscious, right? There's things that we've buried inside of us that we actually don't remember consciously, um, but they're still in our subconscious and we carry them with us that tell us that we're not worthy or we're not enough. And so the first thing is you really identify where, what are those limiting beliefs and why are those limiting beliefs? Uh, and then you start to take action to overcome them. And so I developed a three-step process in order to come over, overcome any limiting belief, right? Uh, so I will, I will say this. It's very simple, but it's not easy. Uh, so three, step, three simple step process. Step number one is get uncomfortable. Uh, get yourself out of your comfort zone in some way, shape, or form, right? You, you believe that you're a bad public speaker, go public speak. You believe that you couldn't be a podcaster, go start a podcast. Um, you believe that you can't get fit, commit to a physical challenge that's going to push you beyond your, your limiting beliefs. The second thing is surround yourself with the right people. You have to make sure that your community is really, really supportive of you uh, in many different ways. Uh, these people have to lift you up. They can't bring you down, right? Those people that have the continuous uh, negative habits and there's continu continu uh, continuous negative thoughts and actions and all those things, you need to wipe them out of your life. You need to make sure you're surrounded by the right people. And the third thing is take action uh, because nothing works unless you do. You know, I, I realized that I had all these dreams and these goals and these aspirations in my life. And I'd read the self-help books and I'd watch the YouTube videos and I'd listen to the podcasts and all these things. Uh, and I'm like, this is going to be me one day. Uh, but I took no action. And so nothing changed. And so those three things uh, are the three-step process to overcome any limiting belief. And it really works uh, it, with anything in your life. And I've done it multiple times now since I've come up with the three-step process. And look, it doesn't mean that those limiting beliefs are wiped away. Um, but it certainly dampens them, right? It certainly makes them easier to say, oh no, you're not going to ruin my life today. Uh, and, and that's really the most important part is to wake up as your best self every single day and move forward. Um, and the only way you can do that is to overcome these limiting beliefs that we, we tell ourselves. Exactly. And I like to tell people, as you wake up in the morning, you start stacking your victories. So you get up, that's a victory right there. You woke up that day, you have life. Then you make your bed. That's another victory. You make your breakfast, eat that. That's another victory. Just keep making, stacking those victories as you go through the day. So you have a winning count and you keep that positivity in your mind as you drive through the day. So if anything does bring you down, you just take a look back. Say, I've accomplished 17 things today. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, dude, you know, it, and that's so true. And I, and I love the, the small victories, right? Like so many people don't realize how, how big it is to get out of bed. Right. Look, the, under, the understanding that sometimes life can be tough. Uh, and when things are tough, if you're able to put your feet on the ground and get up and move forward and shower and do the things that, you know, whatever, celebrate those victories, right? Um, and then once you get comfortable with that, and that becomes really simple, and it's what you're doing every single day, stack something else on top of that, right? Like I have four non-negotiables every single day that I do. Uh, and this allows me to fill my cup so I can continuously pour into others. Here's the cool part about the four things. If I don't do anything else during that day, if I fail miserably, I don't close a sale, or I didn't send out the emails I needed to, or I, whatever, if I do these four things, I feel like I've accomplished them. They're very simple. It's not some crazy thing where I wake up at three in the morning and I start to do nine hours of activities. Like that's ridiculous. They're just four simple things that I do 
that ensures that my cup is full. And I'll, t- I'll tell you them really quick. So number one, I move my body in some way, shape or form every single day. Uh, whether that's, that's a three mile walk in the morning with my girlfriend, or I go down in the basement and, and lift some weights or whatever the case may be, I move my body some way, shape or form. Uh, sometimes it's twice a day, depending on how motivated, <laughs> how motivated <laughs> I am. Uh, the second thing is I do some sort of visualization practice every single day. So I know where I'm going. Um, I, I, we'll get into goals here in a second, if you really want to, and my thoughts on goals and, and all that stuff. But I visualize where I'm going because uh, it's important to understand that we're moving forward, right? And so when, as I visualize, I attach my emotions to that visualization. And what happens because I attach my emotions to it and I bring in my loved ones in these visualizations and I do all these things, it becomes a lot easier to do the actions I don't want to do all the time um, because my emotions are tied in. I know how happy I'm going to feel when I get there. The third thing is I reach out to somebody I care about every single day uh, and I let them know that I care about them and that I'm thinking about them and and all that stuff. And then the fourth thing is uh, I learn something new every single day, whether that's uh, in a conversation, in a book, in a podcast, uh, in a a YouTube video, in a course, whatever the case may be, I learn something new every single day. And what that does is it, like I said, it fills my cup. And what I realized was before I started to do these four things, um, it started, by the way, it started out as two things and then three things. And now it's four things. I'm sure one day it'll be five. Um, but I realized that before I started doing this, I was trying to help all these people, but I wasn't helping myself and I was running on empty 24 seven. And, and, and therefore, since I was running on empty, I really wasn't helping anybody. Right. Uh, and I certainly wasn't helping myself, but now that I'm able to do these four things every single day, uh, I make sure that I'm enough for the people around me as well. Uh, and I do that by being selfish and taking care of myself first. Well, it'll be, it's seen as selfish, but it's also self, uh, selfless as you're actually making yourself better for those that you're going to be in front of that day or those who you're going to present to or whatever business move you're going to do today, whatever else you're doing that day for someone else, you're preparing it by doing that, that move in the morning and stacking your, your victories during the day with your four things and soon to be five or in the near future five. We're not adding anything soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my day is busy enough as it is. I'm good. I'm good with the four. And then actually my girlfriend doesn't always love it, but a cigar finds its way in there every single day too. Usually not every day, five days a week, five days a week, five days a week. So two days off. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so man, I was going to say, when you say sometimes you get to do a movement twice a day, I said, well, your schedule, it has to, that has to only happen once in a while. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I think when people talk about entrepreneurship, a lot of times they talk about this hustle game, right? Like working from sun up to sundown and doing all these things. And I, I'm not that person, right? I, I work to live. I don't live to work. Um, and so most days I'm done my stuff by about two o'clock nice. uh, in the afternoon. And so I'm usually able to fit everything in. And, and when I look at people are like, well, how do you do that? Like you, you're part of multiple businesses and you're doing all these podcasts and you're doing this and planning an event. Um, so first I will say, it's not always like that, right? There are seasons where things are busier. Like right now I'm talking to you at seven o'clock at night. That, that usually wouldn't happen unless I'm in busy season. Right. Um, but, but second, um, uh, I, I plan my day accordingly, right? Before I end, before I leave my desk the day before, I make my to-do list for tomorrow. And I go, these are the things I must get done. Doesn't mean that's all I do, um, but those are the things that I must do. And it could be as simple as make sure you email this person about that thing or make sure that you check in with this individual or make sure whatever the thing may be, do this thing for the client. Um, my must do's are on the checklist. Uh, and then of, of course I end up doing things beyond that as well. But, but if I can get that checklist done every single day, I win. It means I'm moving the needle a little bit every single day. Uh, and so that's what I do. And then I, I'd rather choose relaxation and happiness 
um, than burning myself out for this thing that was my passion. Because I realized most people burn themselves out and the passion then dies. Um, and I refuse to be that person. And so I'm really, really intentional about my time. And I'm really, really efficient. And actually, today it was, it was funny. I was talking to my girlfriend right after dinner. And we, were, we were chatting. And I was just like, I don't even know what, I, like, I did a lot today. But it was like, it was just like, almost like on autopilot. And I feel like when you set your day up right, it doesn't feel like you're draining yourself. It doesn't feel like you're just burning the candle on both ends. And so I think that's a super important thing to talk about because um, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to work 24 seven. It, it doesn't like my clients know that I won't reply to them on a weekend. Uh, my clients know that. And so I've set that up from the very, very beginning and I haven't allowed myself to stray. That's a lie. Rewind. <laughs> I used to have clients that would bother me on the weekend because I allowed myself to get to that point. And I've since fired those clients um, because my time is very, very valuable. Uh, and I don't mean that to brag and I don't mean to do that, but, but I say that because th that's, this is all I have. My time, my health, my, my wellness, all these things, that's all I have. And so I need to make sure that's constantly running uh, as best as it can. And the only way that can be done is to separate myself from the things that can cause stress, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense right there. It's a, a lot of people don't understand the value of time and that we only have so much of it. Every day, when you, you start your day, you have, most people do their nine to five or whatever. If they're not an entrepreneur, that's eight hours a day. They don't, they, you can never get them back those eight hours. So yep. if you waste any of that time, you just wasted part of their, your work day. And then, then you go home and you're thinking, oh, what did I do there? I messed up and I, now I have to do some of this work at home. So now you're doing two or three hours at home when you could be with your family or your girlfriend, like you in your case, um, you, it's still your family. You get, you're losing that time again. It's another three hours that you just lost. And then all of a sudden you're in bed and you start the cycle again because you burnt yourself out. Yeah. And not to mention you get in the bed and then you're worried about, Oh my God, I didn't get enough done. And the next day I've got to do all these things. The cool part about what I do with that checklist is that I, okay. Get, don't get me wrong. There are certain times I get into bed. I'm like, Oh my God, I've got all this stuff because I have an event coming up here in a couple of months. And so like, I've got all these things I've got to do and I've got to check in with sponsors and I've got to do all this stuff. And so um, when I make that list, it makes it easier for me to clear it. Right. You know, you know that you lay down at bed in bed and it just doesn't stop. And you're like, oh, yep. my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. When you have that list and you go, OK, I know that it's there for me in the morning. I can't do anything about it right now, but the list is there. So I'm not going to forget it. It's a lot easier to clear that stuff and, and, and fall asleep quicker. And obviously sleep is, is such an important factor, too. And that's another thing that's wasted on a lot of people's minds, especially the young entrepreneurs that are thinking that they have to work in their business all day long and all night long. By the time they get into the bed, like you said, that mind is racing. I didn't do this. I now tomorrow I have to do A, B, C through D as soon as I get in there. And then maybe I can start with this day's tasks. And then you'll never, you'll never catch up doing that. And that's when you burn out of your business. And like the, I think the failure rate for first time business owners is one year and then they're done if they don't stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I've been full-time for four years now and it's, it's a really, really full-time entrepreneur. Uh, and it's a really weird thing to think about because it's, it happened in a blink of an eye. Um, but then I, I, just the other day, I thought to myself, I'm like four years, like that's, that's a massive achievement. And I didn't even realize it. Right. And I made it through a, a pandemic, yeah. uh, now about to make it through a war, World War Three or whatever else is adding up. Right. Um, and, and so it's just like, it's absolutely crazy. And, and so we, we, I think, but I think the biggest thing is I, sh I decided to show up for myself. And I know people are listening like, Justin, those four things have nothing to do with your business, but it has everything to do with my business. Because once I started taking myself seriously enough that I would take care of myself, 
other people realized it. And then they say, Hey, I want to work with you. I have some of the coolest clients in the world. Like I just helped Lisa Nichols launch a brand and she was on the secret. If you're not familiar, like I, I get to work with some of the coolest people in the world. I couldn't have done that if I didn't show up for myself first. Uh, and I think that's such an important message for people to hear because they think, Oh, I got to be at your beck and call. I've got to do this. I've got to over deliver. I've got to but No, no, no. You have to be at your own beck and call. You have to over deliver for yourself. Uh, and once that happens, fulfillment finds you. Uh, you don't need anything. You don't chase anything. Like I, I don't chase anything. Um, and, and that's just, that's just the reality of my life. And, and it's been a huge work in progress over the last six years. And I'm sure that if we talk again in a year, it's going to be, it's going to look different. Um, it certainly looks different from two years ago, right. but, but you know, when we, when we look at that, I just realized, and, and I'm almost repeating myself so much because the realization I haven't said this way before um, is that showing up for myself has changed my life uh, in such a positive way. It's improved my relationships. It's improved my business. It's improved my wellness. It's improved my spirituality, which is what I call the four pillars of life. Uh, just by simply making sure I take care of myself first. It's just really, really mind blowing. And it makes you value your life and be more present in the day and through everything you do, not just in your focus of business, but everything in life becomes a focus and you're present. You're not always thinking, oh, I should be doing this even while you're sitting with your girlfriend, as you both unwind at the end of the day, it should just be you and her talking or celebrating that meal. And if you're not there, it starts to wane on that relationship as well. And then you have to take that pause button and say, look, I need to reset and do this again. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't need to restart another relationship. I'm good with this one. I live with her and, and her two kids, which nice. I, you know, I'm bonus dad. And so <laughs> I'm I'm good here. And so, uh, remind myself every day of how grateful I am of that. Um, and to continuously remind myself to be present because it is easy to get distracted, especially this day and age with cell phones and all the things and Joe versus Carol on, on Peacock, which we are watching currently, I must say. Um, but, uh, but you know, it is, yeah, man, it's so important to, to be so present in every single moment. Um, and it makes it a lot easier too, right? Like to understand that there are seasons where I have to be head down in my business and that's okay. Like right now, as I'm building up to this event that's coming up, but the real, the reality is when I'm with my friend or I'm with my girlfriend or I'm with the kids or whatever, I'm present. And so if I can be present there, I'm still giving hundred percent. It might not be hundred percent of the same amount of minutes, but it's hundred percent at any given time. And that's, that's all people need. They need to know that you actually respect their time as much as they respect yours and give them everything you got while you're there, knowing that you have to move on to the next thing. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. So when you've been doing this for six years in the podcasting business, what's one of the biggest mistakes people make when they get into podcasting? Dude, it, you know, it's it, so many, so many. Um, and I, and I can only say that because I've made them all. Right. Like I literally made all of them. Um, I got lucky enough that I made all the mistakes six years ago before people realized they were mistakes. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, anything, anything from, you know, launch strategy and so on and so forth. But I'll, I'll say this because it makes without getting too technical, um, people need to niche down more. Uh, I got lucky from the standpoint of timing, right? Like my, my show, although it's now focused on the four pillars of life, the self-development space is crowded. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't mean, by the way, I want to make this clear. I don't mean when I say niche down, doesn't mean you don't have, you can't be in the self-development space. I would just say, who are you talking to? 
understand who your audience is. And what I do is I actually walk people through a process um, that literally narrows them down into one specific person that they're speaking to. And what they realize is there's a million people exactly like that one person you're talking to. But if you can talk directly to that one person, whether their name's Bob, Sarah, whatever, um, they're then going to tell their friends. Uh, and so number one, niche down. Don't cast a wide net. You're going you're gonna to get plenty of people and they're going to be the right people if you're able to niche down. Number two, um, serve your audience. Serve your audience. One thing I always jokingly said, and I actually a couple of years ago, I spoke at PodFest and I had one of the biggest breakouts of the whole event. And so the whole room's filled with podcasters. I'm sweating because I know what I'm about to say. First sentence out of my mouth is podcasters are the most selfish people in the world. The room was like, what? what? <laughs> like people were like, what's going on? Um, and I realized how true that statement was because people think, oh, I'm going to have you on my show. You're welcome. Well, well, no, like they're going to be on your show. Thank you. Like, thank you for being on my show. Thank you for being a part of this. But even more importantly, I need to serve my audience. I don't need to serve myself. I don't even really serve my guests. I need to serve my audience. What do they want to hear about? What are the topics they want to want to talk about? What are the things they want to go deeper on? And then how can I serve them that? Um, and if you can do those two things, niche down, understand the one per perfect person you're talking to, and number two, serve them at the highest level, your audience will grow organically. Um, but a lot of people think they need to go in and cast this wide net and hope that thousands of people show up. But most people realize real quick that that's not the case, which is why, you know, I think the statistic is something like 78% of shows don't make it past their first seven episodes. Um, and that's because they tried to cast that wide net, thought thousands of people were going to show up, but it's a long game, man. And, and the one thing I love about podcasting, it's really about going deep, right? Uh, one thing I always say to people is that the average Facebook video view is eight seconds long, but your average listener on your podcast will listen to 80% or more of your episode. So you have that individual's attention all the time. Uh, why not serve them more? And if you serve them more, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to keep listening uh, and they're going to keep showing up and they're going to buy your stuff and they're going to show up to your event and they're going to do all these things just because you decided to serve them. And so get out of your own way start serving other people and you're going to see growth um, pretty quickly, actually. Awesome. That's great advice right there. And uh, great uh, tips from a, a six year journey. Uh, I know when I started out, I had no idea. And uh, when I started, someone said, Oh, you want to be Joe, Joe Rogers? No, I just want to be Rich LaMonica and have awesome people on here and tell us some great stories. And, and like, uh, like you said, I always thank my guests when they, when they agree to come on. And then when, of course, when they come on, I thank them again, because they don't have to do this. They don't have to come on my show and, they don't have to talk to the Misfit Nation, but they do because I guess uh, I'm polarizing. I don't know, but uh, I, I'm able to get people to talk. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not well, the best. I love, at, by the way, I love that you have a name. That, so your show, The Misfit Nation, then you call your audience The Misfit Nation. If I were to go back and change something, I would have chosen a name for my show where I could have come up with a cool name for my audience. So I, I think like every time I go live or I, or I talk to them one on one, if I do a solo episode, I'm like, hey, guys, because I've got no cool name for them. I just I need to come up with something. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And you'll, you'll have enough, you have enough experience right now to come up with an awesome one and get that thing going. <laughs> so how does someone get in contact with you to get your help or to even have you come on their show? Yeah. Um, so they can, uh, they can reach out on Instagram. So at Justin T Shank on Instagram, you can see how to spell my last name in the show notes because nobody ever gets it right. Um, and then if they want to hear the show, wherever they're listening to this, just search the growth now movement. Uh, and they can click the subscribe button, come on the journey with me if they're interested. Uh, and then actually, I've got a cool event coming up called Growth Now Summit Live, uh, which we're holding here in Pennsylvania, killer speaker lineup. 
uh, it's a day and a half long rock concert for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers and, and all the cool things in between. And so uh, they can go to growthnowsummit.com, grab tickets there. We have about 15 VIP left and then a, a number of uh, general admission. But the cool part is wherever people are listening to this, um, if they can't make it to Pennsylvania, we do have a free virtual option where they can tune in and watch the main stage live on, on that Saturday. So uh, would love people to come and, and hang out in person and, and have a good time and, and get to connect with myself and, and all the cool speakers that we have. Uh, it, it really is a phenomenal event. We, we did one in 2019, which was a sold out event. People came from 16 states in Canada, which was wow. mind blowing. Um, <laughs> killer speakers at that, that year's event. It was like I said, it was sold out. Uh, and then the pandemic came. We did a couple of virtual events over over the course of the two years. And then and now we're finally back in person, May 20th to the 22nd. So excited to finally be back in person with you know the growth now community and, and just having them all together and and uh, vibing and growing and, and learning and connecting. Awesome. And, and that's great that you guys are finally able to get back together and see humans and do this thing. And uh, I hope the whole rest of the world is able to do things like that soon. And uh, we all can uh, go out and have kumbaya moments like that again and have fun, drink a beer and uh, just enjoy life and do things we want to do. Justin, thanks again for taking some of your time to come on here on the and join us with the Misfit Nation behind us and listen to your journey and all your tips and tricks to get through the day and life. Rich, thank you so much for uh, doing this, man. I, you know, I know the amount of work that goes into these conversations, um, but I also understand how important they are. So thank you so much for serving your audience the way that you do. And to the Misfit Nation, thank you guys for hanging out this long. Uh, I've had a blast sharing some, some wisdom, and hopefully I said one or two things that made sense. <laughs> I, I understood it, so I'm sure a lot of them will too. <laughs> Have a good one. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts... Have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.